0: After successful seasons for both Jalen Hood, Shafina and Trace Jackson Davis, are the Hoosiers going to have two first round picks in June's draft? You are locked on
1: Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one stop shop for everything IU athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. There's been a lot of talk about the draft with Jalen Hood Shafino, Trace Jackson Davis uh, declaring for the draft. We also have Grace Berger entering in the WNBA draft. So, to try to talk and decipher everything going on, we brought on Friend of the show, Mark Schindler, who uh, he he does lots of things. He's a writer at Dime WNBA, host of the They Got Now podcast. And for the purpose of our podcast today, covers the draft as well. We were just talking uh, before we came on, Mark, that it it was a chaotic time, but uh, the the tournament is done. And how exciting was it to watch both the men's and women's tournaments this year?
1: Dude, it was nuts. Uh, especially, so it was kind of like a tale in two parts for me. Um, I felt like the men's first weekend was just unhinged. Yeah. Um, especially the first Friday. Uh, like, I, it was it was wild because it felt like we never c- could relive the uh, the madness that was Furman versus Virginia. Um, like <laughs> the, the very first yeah. game of the sl- the first slate was the most absolutely crazy one. Um, and then the women's side was like, obviously, I think the Parody throughout was really exciting. Uh, like, we had just some awesome games back and forth all the way across. Final Four ended up being a total blast. Even I mean, the Elite Eight as a whole was really fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit basketballed out because I watched every single game on both sides. So, I am ready to, uh, to kind of detox for a little bit, like we were talking about earlier before we got on. But, uh, yeah, um, it has been uh, – they, they, they make March a, a very big month. Uh, let's put it that. I think I'm contractually obligated
0: if we're talking about that first Friday to remind everyone that Purdue lost to a 16 seed, and uh, IU did not. So that the uh, what a uh, what a memorable day that Friday was. Let's start on the men's side with uh, Jalen hood Shafina. We'll talk about him first because there's a good there's a chance. I won't say a good chance, a chance. Both him and Trace Jackson Davis. Our first round picks, but I think it's more of a likelihood that Jalen Hood Shafino is came into Bloomington. I don't know that he was necessarily guaranteed to be a one and done, but testament to to his season, uh, and coaching staff, all of that, that he is a one and done for the Hoosiers. It was a it was a great season for him on a lot of fronts. When you look at the strengths, and there was I, I saw a lot of discussion about how his game was kind of tailor-made for the nba what are some of those strengths that that are going to shine when he gets into the next level
1: yeah i i think just to, to backtrack for a second i did not view him as a one-and-done guy at all coming in this year yeah. um i thought he was going to be a multi-year college player alongside malik Renault, which is you know part of what made me excited for the next couple of years of iu hoops um i mean what really popped this year was just the the, the shot making for mid-range um, I think he's always had a lot of this to his game, like the pacing, the um, craftiness, um, but the efficiency just really ratcheted up to a different degree for him this year um, than, than, it, than it had been at Um And I think that was really exciting to see. Like, obviously, the defense as well, I think, was there present throughout the year. Obviously, you know, tournament, not quite as much. Um, but looking at that was really cool. I think. Where I tend to, and this is not me trying to get negative, but I think, like, in just being honest and where he's at as a prospect, I'm just not as high on his playmaking as I think some others are. Um, I think the accuracy on passes is really cool. But overall, like, I don't really think he's a super creative playmaker, and the decision-making at times can be pretty mind-boggling. Which, granted, like, he's a young player. He's a true freshman this year. But um, that's just, like, being honest. I think a lot of it comes back to, to what the shot was for me this year.
0: And I mean, we did I discussed it a lot on here. He, he was a and an, such an interesting player as like a creator because he had the flashy passes. He had the moments where it looked really good. But then he had a lot of moments with just a lot of like, what was that pass? Like what were you doing? why Why did you make that type of decision? And as you said, some of it might just be he was a freshman. he was he was the guy. And I, I don't know if he he certainly didn't expect to be the guy coming into the season before. Xavier Johnson's injury but it's also at the same time it it felt like he had a a pretty good feel for the game which is kind of hard to quantify but it it came in a a lot of different ways whether with his shot making or just kind of knowing what the moment needed maybe he didn't execute it all the time but is that something that you saw And is that something you think can translate to the next level too?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think he's a solid go for the game. That's again, like you mentioned, this one has been present since um, since Montverde, um, and I think like he there there is just kind of the well, he can do a lot of the little things like that that counts for something, right? And um, it does certainly. Uh, I think you know how comfortable you feel about you know what the shot development looks like you know moving forward. I think is going to be really important for for where an NBA team would be at on him. Like for me personally, like I think. I view him as a first-round talent, but I also think, like, I would probably tell him to go back to school. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's finicky. You never know. Um, but, because like, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm not trying – I don't want to ruin the second by going into the negative, but I think my biggest question comes back to, like we saw in the tournament, particularly in the game against Miami, when he doesn't shoot the lights out from two, yeah. what does that look like? How is he getting defended? How is it impacting the defense? And uh, it wasn't just that tournament. Like, I mean, there were times um, during the year where his his jumper just kind of went awry. And I think you saw too when that happened like, oh, wait, the finishing around the rim is really not that good. Like, there can mm-hmm. be times where, like, I think, I don't want to, I think the finishing around the rim was better this year, but also just the general touch around the rim and him being pretty below the rim as an athlete makes it really difficult. So, um, It's just a really tough diet to live on. It's the kind of thing that I want to fall in love with, but also it's really difficult to make a living on, Um, which is part of why I want to see, like, okay, can he continue to expand his volume and accuracy as a three-point shooter? Um, Which, like, seeing him just on some more this year was really fun. But, again, like, I just – my biggest thing always comes back to, okay, well, if this – if his jumper comes back down to earth during his rookie season, what does that mean? Because that is – I think there's a lot more reluctance from coaches to – to play guys who are really struggling to shoot from deep can really only create from mid range. And I think the idea that somebody can just thrive off of cutting and moving without the ball is a little bit of a fallacy. Like, yes, you can, you can make it work, but you have to be like the best of the best at that. And I wouldn't categorize him in that. So it's just, it's a, again, it's a really tough diet.
0: He was a, I mean, incredibly streaky shooter, whether from three, whether from mid range, he finished the year shooting 33% from the three-point line, but uh, 16 of his 37 makes came in three games, five against Iowa, five against Northwestern, six against Ohio State. So like you said, that final game of the season is kind of the the worst-case scenario of what things look like when his shot isn't falling, what is he able to do? And In that game, it wasn't a ton. He went three of 11 from three, but all three of them were – In garbage time, just kind of out of nowhere. Uh, before that, he really struggled. The last thing I want to touch on defensively, I thought he was pretty strong for most of the year as a point of attack defender. Um, how much will that, what he's able to do on that end of the court, translate to the NBA as well?
1: Yeah. Um, That's a good question. I think, like, that's really important for him at the next level because I think it has to be that much better at the next level. Like, not that – like, I mean, I think it was pretty good for the most part this year. Mm -hmm. But, like, again, exactly like we mentioned, I think he really struggled defensively in the Miami and Kent State games in ways that I didn't think were typical for him this season. So I'm not really too worried about that for him. But I think, again, like, it stands out more like, okay, well, that can't happen at the next level. You can't have – it's got to be one or the other. It can't be both going off in the same game. It was that that Miami game was kind of eye opening. I'm not
0: really sure what happened, but they were almost targeting him at times. And he didn't it didn't look great, but hopefully that's the low of the low. And like I said, the potential is there and it it looks like he's going to be a first round draft pick. The bigger question is Trace Jackson Davis, who had quite the rise in his draft stock. But how high will it go? We'll talk about that here in one moment before we do that. The NBA playoffs are almost here, guys. Now a perfect time to download Fanduel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. It's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the Fanduel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. Very easy app. Uh, I use it all the time to, to place bets. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com/slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big shout out to you guys for always making us your first listen. Also, for making us your first watch as well if you're subscribed over on YouTube. If you're not, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Appreciate the support over there. Mark, last time we had you on, it was to talk about Trace Jackson Davis in last spring. When he was uh, debating whether to go pro or not, at the time, he was a borderline draft pick at all. And we sit here now in April, and he's almost certainly going to be drafted, and maybe a first-round draft pick. What changed for him, just kind of an overall sense, from from last year to this year?
1: Yeah, I think that was uh, one of the things that remains so enamoring about TJD is that he just keeps getting better. Except yep. it's never in the way that you really expect yeah. or are like you still won't shoot. <laughs> exactly not like, yeah when we were talking last time it was like you know i I, I think I said that I wasn't confident in him ever really becoming a shooter like even if he yep. started to take them because his touch is just so bad and um and to his credit he's like yeah I'm just not gonna do it oh I'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry I didn't think about that uh but yeah like he, he just keeps getting better like his his handle this year I think was what impressed me the most like he's always had like some fluidity in his dribble um, that made him a little bit more than just like a straight up post up big, but like this year, like, okay, there were times where he could bring the ball up himself or really initiate from almost to the perimeter. And again, like that's going to be a lot harder to do not having a jumper, but that adds a lot more credence to the idea of him becoming somebody who can operate as like a post hug or somebody who can really thrive in DHO game. Um, and on top of what his floor vision and, and just passing was, because I think that improved even more this year. Like, that had already started to really pop last year. This year, like, his passing just took another step. Yeah. Um. I've really, like, maybe a part of this because I've only been doing this for three or four years, like, really heavily scouting. But I just haven't really seen a lot of guys who go from – not that I thought he had, like, really poor feel as a player, but I always thought he was pretty average. So going from there to where he's at now has been really impressive. Um, Like he went from just being somebody who straight up was more physical than people was able to um, to to win with with strength all the time to now really being somebody who can win with his mind and how he sees the game. And um, you just don't see that happen a ton with the way that it's worked for him. Um, So that makes me pretty optimistic about what he can be at the next level, because it is. I mean, it's a lot of the stuff that I think you wanted to that that will boost his draft stock even if it's not necessarily what I think was projected.
0: Yeah. And. I was going to mention, as you did, when we talked last year, I mean, there was a discussion that as much as we saw video from, I think it was draft express tweeted it out of him shooting threes in a, a warehouse in LA or wherever he was working out that it wasn't something he'd even like really considered. And he just <laughs> straight up did not do it this year. It it was all the discussion heading into the season. And he just said, no, I'm not going to try it. And again to his credit as you just discussed the fact he didn't add a three-pointer at all and still moved up in the draft is I certainly would not have predicted it if I it would have be, it, it would have either had to have been him becoming a solid three-point shooter or him really becoming like a a pick and roll like lob threat more commonly which is not how Indiana really uses he has it obviously but it's not like that was a something they did 10, 20, 30 times a game or anything like that. So the fact he was able to do all sorts of these little things that really add up to him being someone that's a a second, early second, late first round prospect now is is impressive. I mean, obviously he has an array of post moves. Is that something he's even really going to be able to showcase both in the modern NBA and when he is think he's listed at 6'9 and, and played center. Is he even really going to get much of a chance to to do that at the next level?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, part of, like, to, to again, to backtrack a little bit, I think part of what's interesting with, like you mentioned, they really did not run a lot of pick and roll with him. Mm-mm. Part of that is the guards that they had, um, to be fair, too. But also, like, I think, like, that's very much so going to be something that he needs to do a lot at the next level. And that's part of why I was excited about the playmaking growth because I think... You know, we went from last year, I was like, well, maybe he can do some of the short roll stuff to now. I'm like, I'm pretty in on him being able to be a short roll guy. I think there will definitely be questions of if teams just are like, "Okay, well, we're going to stay home at shooters and not bring help. And we're going to wait for you in the paint. Then, yeah, I think it could look a little bit difficult. But also what's fun is like, like we mentioned, like he has he has like the ability to put the ball on the ground. And he's a good enough offensive rebounder where his touch doesn't bother me quite as much. Like, I think it could look problematic against, like, really big centers who can stay in front of him, but I also think there are less of those guys than typically get made out to be. Um, and I just – I think that I have a lot of confidence that could pop, and especially with him being, like, a real lob threat, too, like you mentioned. Um, as for the – I'm sorry, what was the what was the, the, post is yeah, that, the post moves. I mean, moves. He's, yeah. he's an undersized <laughs> yeah.
0: player in general. How much is that going to hurt him?
1: Yeah, I don't think that uh, he's going to be asked to post a lot, but I think part of what makes him fun and having that and like the confidence to do it. And more importantly, too, like he doesn't need to sit in the post for five seconds. Like he's very comfortable getting his right away. Um, And that's extremely essential for somebody who's going to be, you know, potentially utilized as a post up guy. Like, okay, if you have a mismatch on you, can you take advantage of it ASAP? Like, not can you give the defense five seconds and they can scram switch? Like, no, can you kill this right away? And I, I have confidence that he'll at least get a shot up, you know, immediately. And I think that it's enough where, again, like if he's up against a small, even if he misses a shot, I, I believe he'll get the offensive rebound or be close to getting it. So um, more often than not. So I think like it's I, – I think there's too much of a tendency to just throw that out and be like, oh, he's not going to be able to use it. It's never going to be there. I think it's still going to be an aspect of his game that's going to matter. Um, getting a second hand would be awesome, especially at the pro level. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's been four years. I don't expect that to happen. So, uh, you know, but um, yeah, I think I'm I'm fairly confident that's going to translate to a degree.
0: Yeah, it's kind of to the point when you get four year college players that more or less they are who they are. They can add small things here and there and make some adjustments. But I don't think Trace is going to come out in the first preseason game or summer league game. And attempt five three-pointers, and I don't think that he's ever really going to finish with his right hand either. But there's a lot of things that he still is is really talented at and will translate. And like like you were saying, just a general ability to read the floor. Yeah, He had to do it in the post a lot, and it'll maybe be a little bit of a different situation in short rolls and things like that. But he could read a defense and know that he could take like one snapshot and know that the weak side corner is open or the guy on the wings open over there and fire a pass. And it's those types of um, skill sets and abilities like that, that I think will get him on the floor. I mean, he's a, he's a solid defender. We'll see how much uh, he can keep that up as well being undersized, but he became obviously an incredible rim protector, number one in blocks in program history. And having watched him uh for all four years I don't know that I would have expected that his freshman year so <laughs> definitely not a uh, a testament again he's going to keep working hard no matter what uh even if we say he's kind of maybe not a finished product but as I was saying about four year players he's going to keep working hard he did that throughout <clears throat> excuse me throughout his career so I'm really excited to see where he lands and how he's used at the next level cuz he's a everybody at IU loves him Let's switch gears a little bit. It's not often we can find someone that knows about WNBA to talk about uh, the WNBA draft. So we're going to talk about Grace Berger. Uh, That draft is coming up next week, I think on Monday. So we'll dive into her and what her prospects are at the next level as well. The men have to wait until June, until the NBA draft. The women just do everything all at once. And that, uh, I believe the WNBA draft is on uh, April 10th. Correct. And then they dive right into the season right after that. It all it all happens at once. Grace Berger will be in that draft. Uh, she will be drafted. When is kind of the question. Is she someone, we'll start off there. Is she someone to you that is a first round prospect? There's only... 12 picks in the first round so is she a top 12 prospect then
1: uh to me she's pretty solidified as a first round pick um i think you know where in the first round is going to be interesting and as you know as you mentioned i think it can always be a little bit up in the air um based on where i'm at with her i would take her comfortably in the first round like i could get to lottery even um like she's really good man i like extremely acute analysis for me but uh I think every time I watch her game, I just enjoy it more and more. Um, yep. It's like, yeah, not not to get too far ahead of myself, but yeah, I, I think I would definitely view her as a first-rounder right now. I think a question that a
0: lot of us have maybe had or, or seen, I think IU fans obviously want her on the Fever. She's not going to be the number one overall pick. Aaliyah Boston I it, it certainly will be. But the Fever have the number seven pick, and they have the first pick of the second round. Without, like, projecting a a whole mock draft, in terms of fit, is that something that would make sense? Are the Fever looking for someone like a Grace Berger?
1: Uh, For a team that just needs to get more talented, I don't think that there's anything that stands out to me as, like, that being a bad fit. Um, I think part of it, like, obviously I want to, you know, I I need to see what they look like on the floor because I think part of what's so – what makes that easy is I'm like, well, yeah, I think that team could look so different even by the time the season rolls around. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely possible, like, she adds size. Like, I think she's almost more of a wing in the W with her size. Like, obviously, she was more of a combo for Indiana. I think she's going to play more of the 2-3 in the pro game um, just based on what she can do and how her game is. Uh, and I think that fits kind of what Indiana needs. Like, they just need more wings who can who can do things, who can be talented. And um, she brings good defensive chops, too. So I think, like, for a team that wants to be better defensively this year, it certainly needs to be better defensively. Um, She'd be an interesting ad. Lynn Dunn certainly saw a lot of her this
0: season. Oh she yeah, She's
1: always the IU game this way. Yeah, ad.
0: she is. Uh, she saw a fair amount of of the Hoosiers this year. So nobody, uh, she's probably scouted more in the draft than than Grace Berger, at least uh, up close and personal. Let's talk a little bit. I mean, obviously her strengths as. A floor general. I I don't know how much that translates, especially if she's playing more of a wing position. But the mid-range game will absolutely translate. Is you mentioned that she could be a little bit more of a wing? Is that a a positive? A negative that she can she doesn't really have a position and she can? I mean, she was she played a couple different roles at IU during her career.
1: Uh, I think in some ways it's a positive. Like obviously, like you would love the idea for her to be a little bit more bursty and um to have a little bit more shake so she could be more of a primary but that's not reality um and I think just having positional size while also having a lot of skill is really good you know I think for me the biggest uh kind of uh drop off is wrong we put it but like you're either an all-star wing in the W, or you're not in the W as a wing. Like, it is really difficult to find wings who can legitimately play like two, three, four. Because uh, so much of the, uh, um, I mean, as we know with the NBA too, like, so much of uh, being a wing is quote unquote being versatile. But also, like, one of the things that's really important to remember that I've really had to learn in the W scouting space is uh, like, it's really difficult to be. Uh, potentially versatile in in the WNBA, like there are not roster spots in the same roster spots and roster security in the same way there is in the NBA. So you don't really get to just play on potential. Like you have to be able to impact the game immediately. You have to be good immediately. You have to be able to to really contribute. Otherwise, somebody else is getting signed to be in your spot. Like um, so, I think to me, uh, when I look at somebody like Grace who um, brings versatility while also being able to, I, in my, like, I think she's going to be able to impact the game right way I don't have questions about her as an athlete. Like, is she traditionally athletic? No, but she's really laterally quick. She's really strong. I think those things matter a ton, especially that's why I'd project her more as a wing. Like I think she could get into her post game a little bit more, which is very good. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to be excited about with what she brings. It's,
0: I think it's that versatility that'll probably help her a lot too. Cause she did, A lot of things she could play make she could rebound she could defend uh, she could score obviously in the mid-range as you said the one thing she didn't really do not a lot she did it a little bit once she came back from injury and to positive effect but three-pointer is just not something that was really in her arsenal all season long for most of her career again we kind of had this discussion with Trey said I mean, there's a little bit more there with, with her having shot it. And, I, again, she was good from uh, when she came back January 8th on. She shot 42% from three, but on one attempt per game. How much would will that hold her back, especially if she's kind of projecting maybe a little bit more as a wing than a, a point guard?
1: Uh, I, I, that's, that's a good question. I think it's something I've tried to go back on a lot. Um, part of what's so interesting with her – and I try to remind myself to, like, not get – like, I don't know. Like, it's one of the things that I still feel like I'm I'm jostling with, uh, you know, mentally on how I scout things. Um, her jumper is just so technical. It's so good. It's fundamental. It's yeah. really sound. Like, all of her mechanics look really good. She just doesn't take them. Like, I, so I think it's less about me being worried about um, her being able to take through. So I think it's more about just mentally – getting to the point where she's like, all right, I have to do this. Um, or like mm-hmm. having an organization that wants her to do it or is is really telling her to do it. Because for whatever reason, that just wasn't the thing with Terry Moore in this year. Like not that they didn't, like they had like very designated three point shooters. It was like, all right, well, I mean, we have Sydney Parish and Sarah Scalia and Garden Garzon. So like, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a fair point. But I think like at the next level, I'm with you too. Like I think that she's going to need to add that but I think part of the reason I'm really high on her is that I'm bullish on that happening because of just how good her touch is overall. Um, like not even just on jumpers, but like, she's not really a big floater person, but like her, her, her touch came in the post and her ability to as much as it can be uh, looked on as like a negative that she's not like really creating a ton of space that she's able to still score over people or through people is really um, a good indicator of what her touch is like. Um and I think, too, like we've seen a ton of uh, like just pe- pe- players who have come into the W with a similar kind of trajectory of like, OK, they haven't really shot a ton in college. They're able to work on like they've they've had the indicators before and they're able to really expand out. And like, do I ever think she's going to be a crazy high volume three point shooter? Probably not. Is she going to do it off movement? I doubt it, but I think that she'll be pretty comfortable taking open shots.
0: Yeah, and it is that's interesting, the phrasing of just not putting herself in that position, because that it, that describes what most of her time, especially last year, and I think the beginning of this year, when you have players like Scalia, Garzon, Parrish, even Chloe Moore, McNeil, you didn't need Grace to be a three-point shooter, but I wonder if some of it was having played so long without her and everybody kind of adapted their roles that she came in and realized that she was actually going to have to take those shots and she did, and and again, it wasn't a high volume, but as you were saying, her shot looks so good that I have faith that she'll be able to adapt that as a a spot-up three-point shooter, which is what the shot she took this year was. She's not going to dribble into any 30-footers or anything like that, but as a spot-up shooter, I, I have some confidence that she'll be able to do that, and We'll find out a lot sooner with her than uh, – I'm not sure when the season starts, but I think it'll start before the men's team even – or the men's draft even happens. So uh, I think it'll
1: be first week of May, if I remember correctly. I should have it on my calendar. I haven't marked out my May calendar yet. I'm going to do that soon, but yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, so I am as, w- as well. I can't wait to watch Grace play some more basketball. It ended too soon with IU, but the good news is I guess we will – get to see it uh come may in this summer so mark thanks a ton for coming on let the people know where they can uh, find you and your work at
1: yeah well first off thanks for having me on man it's always good to connect we'll have to talk about a myriad of things uh as the summer goes on and uh, obviously in the next year too but yeah you can find me on twitter at mg underscore schindler uh i'm kind of everywhere uh, as jacob mentioned i work for the wmba uh, i work over a dime covering all things basketball i We'll be having a lot of stuff coming out on my Patreon because uh, I'm ramping up doing some more my own just scouting work over there. Um, and if you are up for reading something today, I just had a feature come out on Haley Jones, who is a wonderful human being, awesome basketball player. Really excited to see what she does at the next level for the, um, you know, as she gets drafted this next week. I, I, I'm not ready for it to be here, but yeah, we're just about there. But no, yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man.
0: Yeah, and I've also enjoyed i would subscribe to your They've Got Now podcast. Uh, I w- I figured I needed to learn about the WNBA if I'm going to start watching Grace play in it. I-, I think Abby Myers was your most recent guest who IU right. fans probably remember that name from Maryland <laughs> and Princeton as well. So uh, you guys can go give that a listen over there. And appreciate you guys for making us your first listen. Go make his podcast your second one. Also check out the locked on college basketball podcast as they uh, wrap up the, the college basketball season in terms of the, the tournament. But obviously you guys know the portal is always crazy and we have that madness going right now. So they have everything you need over there. Appreciate the love you guys have given us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review all that great stuff. We'll be back tomorrow to, to recap more transfer news that I'm sure will have happened between now and then, but Until then, make sure you guys have a great Thursday. And as always, Elio.